Hi, this is Lyndon Wells from top10films.co.uk and you're listening to Down the Hall Podcast. All right, welcome in to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. We are here really for one reason, I guess one role, we might say. One the, role? The superhero role, Rodney. It's, it's, which is, it's obnoxious uh, for you know, to say that. <laughs> the, I heard somewhere, um, actually from listening to our most recent episode, I heard this, that people spend an average of 115 hours a year just looking for a movie to watch. So Rodney, as you and I aim to bring that number down for people and hopefully uh, achieve that. If I were to give you back 115 hours this year, what would you do with that? You know, you'd think, you'd think I'd be more prepared for this because you told me you were going to ask and I'm sitting here like, man, I did not come prepared. Well, I mean, it's the theme of the show. So I'm curious, but you know what I would do? I thought about it before. I, I would, I would do more movie research. So that I could be a better podcast host for you. That's the spirit. You, you know, like that? I There's so much I want to say. See how selfless that was? But instead, I'm going to let you introduce our guest for today. So our guest for today, and we're, we're very excited that he's joining us, joining us um, from, from the UK. So he's actually five hours later than we are. Uh, but we have Lyndon Wells joining us. And uh, he... Now, I guess you're the creator, I'm assuming, of top10films.co.uk. Thank you for adding that .uk because I'm not used to doing that. You know, so I'm glad. I hope I didn't mess that up. Um, but do you want to tell us a little well bit done. about your site? Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your site? And, and then after you talk about that, uh, also, we'd love to get your three favorite movies. Oh, thank you very much. So... I'm not. I'm going to start off by correcting you. Unfortunately, it's not my site. I'm one of the writers. Okay. <laughs> just take it. But, just, yeah, just take I'll it. Take, I'll take it. So it's actually um, the idea of top10films.co.uk is celebrating cinema 10 films at a time. And it's actually founded by the editor, Dan Stevens. He uh, posted a uh, list. It all started with a list of like five or so years ago with the top 10 horror movies of the 1980s. And that Ooh. quickly became the number one list in the Google search results and generated a lot of conversation. In case you wondered, the top that he put of that list was The Shining and The Thing, which I think is probably the correct answer. Yep. Uh, so now um, on the website, we have at least one list a week. The lists are across uh, lots of diverse categories and help you to find films that you might never have discovered. So, example, my last top 10 list on the website was the I posted at the beginning of January was the top 10 underappreciated films of 2016. The website's not just about top 10 lists. We've got reviews, interviews, news, competition, giveaways. You can check out lots of reviews. I've reviewed La La Land on there recently. I only gave it the four stars because I think Whiplash Ooh. is probably a superior film. So are you ju- are you, are you um, hindering the rating based on the movie that, that uh, the director had done before that? I think so because I think... Okay. I've rewatched Whiplash and it's it's perfect. I think there's anything I'd cut out of that film. As much as I enjoyed La La Land, I think there are some baggy bits and like the I struggled with the opening scene, for example. I I thought I was watching a different film. Yeah, I I agree with that opening scene. That one that one got me a little bit. I I'm right with you on that. Um, during that opening scene, I. I think I had to actively convince Rodney not to walk out. So uh, <laughs> I, it's not that I just, I remember thinking that it looked like a great movie uh, when I saw the preview for it. And then when I realized, Oh no, it's a musical <laughs> that I thought this might not be for me. But I, I, other than that opening scene, 
it was fantastic. So yeah. we're gonna get... in the um, uh, the old guy next to you telling you off for using your phone. He's yeah. He... Oh around. my gosh, he was so <laughs> mad. I was like, all right, relax. It's been two seconds. I, I, he, but he definitely hated me. By definitely. the way, I think it's worth noting. So we are uh, only a few minutes into the episode, and already we are getting an example of something, a phrase that Lyndon coined about the show, which is called. Rodney rant. That's not. Oh. I haven't ranted yet. I haven't even ranted. Uh, I, I feel that I've been, you've been close. Definitely yeah. on your method acting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the method. And the, the Pixar theory. I, I, we never hit a full rant, but you, it was boiling under. You know, I, the I reason just, you didn't hear a full rant is because I edited out about fifteen minutes of that episode. So here's the thing: <laughs> I only will go on rant when it, a rant when it's really well deserved. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's pausing, so that that's a sign that you, I might be wrong. You don't get to decide those things. So okay. Uh, so well, we and I think to... Chet, you act as almost the voice of reason when you were arguing about the old guy sitting next to you moaning about using your phone in La La Land. Chet was just disagreeing with you constantly. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Which is just annoying because the thing is, like, we go. He, I was next to the old man. <laughs> we need a sounder. He, he for was. The he was in the middle. He doesn't the, even hear us right now, Lyndon. He's just talking. No, 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 but he was in the middle, and then his girlfriend's to the left. Like, it's not even fair. Like His, he, his girlfriend? You talking about girlfriend. me? Oh, your okay. girlfriend. All right, all right. Hey, listen, let's let's go back. Going back to the to the question. So, three of your favorite movies. So, I've been uh, coming out in cold sweats trying to think what I was going to give you for my answers, and I couldn't narrow it down to three, so I might have to Ooh. give you four, maybe five, very okay. quickly. So, the first two were easy. So, Anchorman is in there. <laughs> wow, okay. I, I love Anchorman. It's like associated with my uni years as well we used to play drinking games to it yeah. we used to just sit there and quote <laughs> yeah. it at each other yeah <laughs> absolutely love it and at my wedding actually we had um all the table names were named after films so all my uni mates sat on the anchorman table so wow. I that. okay i like that okay and the next one i kind of have to apologize for is it is uh also a wedding associated one it's a guilty pleasure. I know it's got a lot of flaws, but I watch it every year with my wife at Christmas, and that's love, actually. Yes. So good. Are it's you good. kidding me? You don't have to apologize. We're the good <laughs> if anything, like, if, if anything, we might lose listeners because Rodney and I are, are guys who are totally fine with watching chick flicks. Not a problem. That's I good. love that that's movie. Good. In fact, we're, we're actively seeking another podcast that focuses just on chick flicks that we can collaborate on and, and do an episode on. So it's been <laughs> a journey. Be we're actively seeking chick flicks. Yeah. Is that what you said? Uh, not exactly that's, that's how it was problem. worded. Yeah, different yeah. problem. Different yeah. thing. Um, so, yeah, next one be Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. So I... Uh, no, those are some of my favorite movies too. I'm, I'm curious as to why the second one specifically is it because so, is it because it knew how to end as opposed to the third one? Yeah, um, I, I realized the Star Wars films are probably better, but when I grew up, the Lord of the Rings films what got me obsessed with cinema. It's okay. the first time I mm-hmm. saw the film more than once at the cinema. First time I was happy to go on my own at the cinema to just mm-hmm. watch the film. I loved it that much, and I think it's um, the second one. You've got the three main characters. You've got uh, Aragorn, Ligolas, and Gimli. Mm-hmm. They're a great trio. And you've got the the country of Rohan, which I think is great. Mm. And it ends with a great battle scene. And it ends in a timely fashion, which is nice as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. We when we, we recently did an episode with Rob Burnett, and he had his theory is that uh, that your teen years and college years is where you find your favorite everything your favorite movies favorite tv shows actors athletes that you admire because they're formative years was this during sort of late teens in college for you so this was um early teens for me yeah. First Lord Rings, yeah yeah so that goes right with what he, what he was saying yeah, yeah. completely agree He's though bang on bang yeah. on 
Yeah. And the last two quick choices, and I'm dragging on a bit. No, no, it's but, right. uh, uh, My favourite modern day director is Chris Nolan. I think yeah, he's right. great. Yeah, for sure. And so I had to pick one of his films, and I couldn't really narrow it down. It could be The Dark Knight, could be Inception, could be Interstellar. I'm going to go for The Prestige. Oh, wow, Chet. Chet, I don't know why you're trying to do it. Chet leans back from the microphone and, tr- and like, wanted to top. He said Prestige. He was guessing, and he got it, which is annoying to <laughs> well, me that he got it right. <laughs> I just um, – it's one you kind of forget about and you go back to, and it's so good. It and every time so I recommend good, yeah. to it someone, they don't realize it's Chris Nolan and everyone enjoys it. And um, all right, I'm going to finish just with one last choice then, and um, this is one Rodney will – probably get grumpy about it's a bit of a worthy film <laughs> i'm so happy but, right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I love my superhero films i like gardens of the galaxy and everything's yes. great but when everyone says when anyone says what's the best hero you've ever seen in a film my answer is always gregory peck into killer mockingbird okay and you know what a- it's fine that one i'll allow i'll allow it because i like it so the, my rules all apply until i break them because i like them and so Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. It was actually, I just reread it this year. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Gregory Peck was not in the book that you just reread, Rodney. No, 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 he was. He okay. was. I, I read like a, I read like an illustrated version of the book. Got it. What do you think? I read the full, I don't know. I can't no, read No, I know you're a, a pop-up book exclusive yeah. kind of guy. So we're going to keep, we're going to keep going um, with this. So what we're doing, I'm going to set sort of the table for, for this episode. We invited Lyndon on and he was nice enough to join us because uh, of the website he contributes to, you know, their, their theme are, are top 10 lists and not, ex- not only top 10, but that's, that's their theme is actually the name of their site. So for us, we were thinking it'd be fun to do a, a top 10 list um, with the Oscars coming up. And what a, what a more interesting list to look at than the top 10 movies to not win an Oscar. Yeah. Um, agreed. Right. So w- what we're going to do today is um, Lyndon Rodney and I are going to read off uh 10 movies from a list that we acquired from We Got This Covered, which is a website that we actually have networked with before. Um, John Negroni, author of the Pixar Theory, contributes to that site. He's actually now doing a podcast for them. And so we wanted to maintain that relationship with them and, and, and give them the shout out. So what and, we're saying is we're selling. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just like... Hey, John, notice us. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we're going to look at those movies and then we're going to see if any one particular movie stands out to us from that list as well as perhaps one that did not make the list we think should have. Um, and then we're going to end the episode by uh, taking a peek at, at the nominees for Best Picture for this upcoming Oscars, as well as uh, a quick sort of roundtable Oscar-related quiz questions for each other. Yeah, so I'm so nervous Pretty jam-packed that. episode. So and, nervous for the quiz. And what I realized is, uh, holy cow, Rodney, we have been missing this for the episodes that we've done prior. We've been missing a charming British accent. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Lyndon, if you want to join all the time, you know, whether it's oh, midnight yeah. your time, might be 3 a.m. your time sometimes, um, you're always welcome because. It gets me out of some dirty nappies on there. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure what. I-, I laugh there, but that was terminology I'm not entirely sure I followed. Dirty nappies? Could you explain? Oh, we, might have, we might need a translation. Diapers. Oh, thank you. You know what we need to do? Actually, <laughs> instead of a translation, you know what you should do? Is I'm giving you full permission to do, throw in words that actually aren't even words, and we'll probably believe that they're actually <laughs> yeah, words. Just, so, just, um, but don't even let us know. Just you know, just throw it out there, and we'll you, we'll, we'll smile and wave. You, you um, could say so, that to me, Ronnie. Did you uh, you clean your dirty nappies today? And I would probably say, <laughs> Yep, yeah, you know well, it, like obviously. always. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. I'm gonna kick it off here with with number ten. Again, this is a, a list we found from We Got This Covered, and this movie comes from 1996. The winning 
movie that year for best picture was the English patient. And the, the, the biggest snub of that year was the movie Fargo with William H. Macy, Steve Buscemi and directed by the Coen brothers. Now, have you guys seen that movie? Do you think that that deserves the nod? As a guest, Lyndon, I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, have you guys seen The English Patient as well? I have not. I've, have not. I've started it just this year. Um, I think yeah. my, my mom would not – my mom would say absolutely not. The English Patient should have won. So <laughs> okay. I think my mom would disagree it's, with number 10. Is it a mom movie? No, but I think it's a romantic movie. Okay. So I think what will become more and more obvious as we go through the list is you get in inverted commas Oscar friendly movies. Yep. And I think The English Patient definitely fits in that category. It's a really well made, worthy film. But once you've sat through it once, it's tough to sit through again. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whereas how many times have you watched Fargo? Right. Yeah. I mean I I've only seen it the one time, but I definitely I've seen understand. it three times, I think. I definitely understand what you're saying. Between the two. Yeah. Fargo, I find, you know why I find Fargo so interesting is it's one of those movies, and I don't know if you guys, they, they actually made a TV series, uh, like loosely based on at least the setting and, and style, um, that was called Fargo. And it's, yeah. it's just, you get so immersed in that world. And I think it just does such a great job and, and is so interesting. And I would highly recommend the TV series that they made, uh, called Fargo as well. It's got, um, Martin Freeman in it, hasn't it? Yes, it does. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really catches the uh, atmosphere of the film, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They did such a good job. The The two different seasons are almost two, they're like two different generations, they're, they're different decades. Um, uh, like uh, the second season was in the 70s, but um, Is I it? watched. I haven't seen the second season yeah. yet. It's on the list. Yep. And so uh, they're not necessarily connected, but. Um, Oh. Guys, we're veering. Sorry. We're veering, guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right, let me. I'll jump to number nine. I'll okay. jump to number nine. Um, all right, so we have. It was 1997. That was this. That was the time. Um, the winner that year was Titanic. Uh, obviously, we all know Titanic, one of the most nominated movies um, that particular year. And so the snub, according to this list, was L.A. Confidential. Which had Kevin Spacey and Russell Crowe, or starred Kevin Spacey and Russell Crowe, was directed by Curtis Hansen. That that movie was actually great. I, I've it seen. It was that movie. a great yeah. movie. Yeah, so good. Um, but what would you consider Titanic? I mean, if it were yeah. reverse, if it were in the reverse, wouldn't you say Titanic was a bigger snub? Oh, definitely. I mean, the way I'm the way I might approach this is while L.A. Confidential was a great movie, if you have this long um, timeline of cinema history, there's definitely a flag. Uh, pointing out when Titanic came out, so so that's why, like, sure, yeah. LA Confidential is a great movie. Is it is it worthy of being on the list? Maybe, but not not over, in my opinion, Titanic, which yeah. was sort of a defining film. I want to get Lyndon's opinion because I know I, I, you're working on. I, it I love LA Confidential. Okay, I think it's a great film. I think you're probably right uh, compared to Titanic, and you think I think it's a shame Curtis Hansen's really done nothing else since, and LA Confidential is a really right. well made film. But I'm not sure I'd put that as the biggest snub of the year because it right. was also the same year Goodwill Hunting was nominated. Right, man. Yeah, that's actually a good. Wow, wow, that's, what a great I, year! That's a what good a year, great year for movies. Yeah. I would put that above Titanic. I, I'm right with you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I still think Titanic probably deserved. You know, like if 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 I were making a list, I, it might just be a year that I would say, you know what, a lot of great movies, no snubs. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, but. 
Yeah, I guess I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this one. We got discovered, John. If it's John Negroni who made the list, yeah, I disagree with well, you again. Let's let's say it is John Negroni because that'd be more fun. We can yeah. just yell at him if we don't like one, one of the things he says. Yeah. So what's number eight, Lyndon? Uh, so number eight, we have the year 1982. The winner was uh, the big epic Gandhi, directed by Richard Attenborough, and we, the big snub on this list is E.T. Mm. This one's interesting to me. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna comment on this one because um, later on in the episode I might come back to it. It's a little foreshadowing. Um, See what I did there, building suspense, Rodney. I've seen E.T. E.T. was a fundamental movie for me. Uh, going to uh, Universal Studios uh, where they had like the E.T. ride. It has to be the winner, and you know, full disclosure, I have not seen Gandhi. So uh, it was 1982. I did not go out of my way to see it or, or see it. I didn't see it for, for the purposes of this list. So to me, I agree with this one because E.T. it's to me, it's still a movie that whenever you reference it, everyone remembers it. Um, that, that one sticks out. I, I think the, the same argument made between Fargo and the English patient. Yeah. Gandhi's a, a epic movie on scale, uh, grandeur and, and length. It's another long film, but um, E.T., uh, Gandhi's one I've watched once and right. appreciated. Yep. It's, again, an Oscar film, but E.T. is, is yes. a classic for me. Yep. And I feel more strongly about this than uh, Fargo, and I, I definitely agree this is a big snub. Yep. So number seven, uh, the year was 1974. The winner was The Godfather Part Two, and the loser uh, was Chinatown, starring Jack Nicholson, and it was directed by Roman Polanski. This one... I think more than any, I disagree with. I, I don't understand how you did like, it wasn't like we went through every single year and found the best, you know, the, the biggest snub of each year. They handpicked 10 movies from all of the years. And I don't understand how the year that the Godfather part two came out, which is regarded as one of the top three movies ever. Yeah. Could be a year where there's also an Oscar snub. I don't understand it. I, I think we're over. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I should, we just move on. Has anyone seen yes. Chinatown? Yeah, I mean, it's well. I think do you, I wonder? I wonder if it's because of Nicholson and Polanski that it's getting this nod. But I mean, I don't. I think that you don't get taken seriously uh, in a in a serious conversation about film if you overlook the Godfather movies. I, I totally agree. Yeah. This is coming straight off my top ten list. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think you know, like I, I I feel like as part of this, you have to do the flip, right? You have to do the flip to say, okay, Chinatown won, and instead, The Godfather Part Two did not. I think everyone would be like, well, obviously that was a mistake. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Let's throw it out. Burn this, burn the list on to the next. So we feel good moving past this one. Yeah. Guys? We're going to move yeah. past it. Yeah. But I do like this next one. Um, so 2007, the winner was no country for old men. Um, but the loser, uh, and, and considers a snub was there will be blood, um, with Daniel day Lewis directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. I think, this one is interesting to me because they're movies with an overall similar feel, like in terms of even, I mean, obviously they're, they're certainly different time frames and everything, but um, I think the feel and the pace of each of them is the same. However, I find the story within um, and, and also the movie, just according to a lot of different people, I think there will be blood is, is, you know, a, a really epic emotional movie um, or, or just kind of like, just the the character specifically that Daniel Day Lewis portrays is is so memorable. And also, I will also say, No Country for All Men, 
it didn't land the same way with me that it seemed to with most other people. Um, it's a tough one. You, you're totally right. Both films have a very similar atmosphere, tone, and a sense of unease throughout the whole film. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of prefer No Country for Old Men. Okay. I think it's the. I think that that's the Cohen's high water mark. So I, mm, I think No Country for Old Men is the more deserving film, personally. Yeah, but I feel like there's something in particular about Daniel Day-Lewis in that movie that he freaks me the heck out. Like, I don't like him at all. So here's the thing about that. I, I actually haven't seen that. I saw No Country for Old Men twice. The first time I saw it, I didn't care for it. And I just recently watched it again a few months back and appreciated it much more. Um, but I love Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, Gangs of New York. Yeah. And so because of his performance there, I'm, I'm especially interested in, in watching yeah, this one gotta, because people always talk about his you performance. You got to see it. Yeah. It's, yeah I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not expecting, I'm expecting to, to like it, um, but I just haven't seen it yet. So I can't comment on this one like you guys can, it seems. So Rodney, Daniel Day-Lewis, big method actor. Thoughts? Yeah. I, you know what? We, I think the other thing that I, uh, that I ended up getting to was if, if it ends up in a performance that's worthwhile, then it's maybe forgivable. I'll I'll forgive the Heath Ledger one, but I I do have to say that if your method acting impacts other actors that you're working with, it's just not okay that you need to do this because you're not as good as I am. Lyndon, I I like you, Lyndon. I like you a lot, <laughs> but do you do you not see the trend? If you say one thing off topic, do you see what happens? See, yes. <laughs> this is in, so So now, I could resist that one. I feel like I'm being baited. He's over here talking about like if if someone's performance affects the other people and, and yet he's just ranting I, you've got a baby to take care of. I actually <laughs> left the room for about 20 minutes there. All right. This is not a performance. <laughs> All right, what's number 5? <laughs> Uh, so number five, we've got the the year is nineteen eighty. The winner was uh, Ordering People, uh, uh, directed by Robert Redford, and the, the snub is labelled as Raging Bull, mm. uh, Scorsese's film yeah. with Robert De Niro. I spoke to someone today, and I looked over this list with them, and they chose this as the biggest snub on the list. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I'd be tempted to have this one higher up the list. Yeah, but it's tough because this is one of the few films on the list I haven't seen. Ordering People. Yeah. Comparing to something I haven't seen, correct. But Raging Bull is a film anyone who knows anything about films knows about and discusses it a lot. Yeah. Whereas nobody's brought up ordinary people with me ever. Yeah. I do think you know when I, especially for these that we have the the benefit of of kind of hindsight uh, to look back. You know, so it's 1980, like you said, Raging Bull. You have to know it. I think when you have that, you know, at least 30 years in the rearview mirror. And none of us have heard of ordinary people, and no one's. I'm assuming that means that no one's told us that we have to see it. Um, but yet, Raging yeah. Bull is 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 on that list, so um, I think it's got to be higher in the list too. And I think it's an example of how Oscar kind of backtracks. So Scorsese's had an amazing career, yeah, and they realised they should have given him so many Oscars before. Yeah, yep. he ended up winning it for The Departed. Yeah, I do have a lot. I I don't want to go on a rant on this, but I do have a lot of thoughts about the voting process as well. I did look this all up. Well, actually, this is good. Actually, you know what? This is good because I want you to give us just a little break in the action here. Give us the context to how the voting process goes because the next one we're going to look at that I'm going to read is probably the the year. Probably Actually, there were three years in a row, three years in a row that were just – we talk about movies that faded into kind of obscurity after winning. That's not the case with these three years in a row that that, uh, kind of surround this this one. But – this is the one that I think sparks the most yeah. amount of debate. So how yeah. does how does the voting process go? 
Okay. So basically right now, I think, I forget if the number is 6,000 or 8,000, but right now there's like six to 8,000 voting members. Um, but the way that you get in to, to become a voting member is you basically one have to be in the business. Um, you have to, you know, have some kind of connection. You can have two people sponsor you if you were to raise your hand and want to, um, to be considered to be a voter, uh, you would have to at least have two current voters uh, like sponsor you. The other way that you could be considered to be a voter is if you were to be nominated for an award. So meaning like if any of us were, you know, which I'm sure we all will be uh, for our next movie performance or nominated for an award, then we would be uh, considered to be a voting member. I guess not, not necessarily guaranteed, but basically all of the people who are voting are in the business. So I think one, that's always important to consider. It's not necessarily a fan vote. It's definitely a professional vote. Um, and then you fall into the category of either like you, you fall into, you're either a writer, you're either a director, you're either an actor. So Ben Affleck, you know, even though he's been in all of those as a voting member, you can only be in one category. And so you can only vote for movies within your particular category and then you can also vote for best picture got it got it makes sense so um so basically every award that you see is being voted on by their peers by hollywood by hollywood in their and specifically their peers so like ben affleck you know if he were in for voting on you know the performance of an actor he wouldn't be able to comment on the performance of a director got it got it so which makes makes sense to me because the the year that so i liked birdman um, but I know that that when that year, when that won that year, there were a lot of other movies I thought were better. But Birdman was essentially this commentary on on acting on film. So it makes sense to me that a bunch of people in the, in the industry would have loved Birdman, where I think Gone Girl should have won it that year. Yeah. Anyway, we can go back. Well, to Oscar's that. always guilty of liking films about Hollywood, though, aren't they? They they are. Yeah, and and I think you see it. I think it's important. I think it's important because you. This is where I get a little annoyed because as you were, Linda, as you were kind of saying a few different times is, you know, they'll, they'll lean a certain direction and you can kind of know like, okay, ordinary people again, this, I'm just assuming I've not seen this, but like it'll lean a certain way and they'll lean away from others. And you just kind of know, I I just feel like you can sometimes see the bias and it's, it's annoying. However, for this next one on the list, who's reading the next one? I got this one. Oh, of course you get the good one. 1994. <laughs> this is this is the one right here, guys. 1994. The winner was Forrest Gump. Um, small movie. Uh, Ever heard of starring, it? Starring yeah, someone, Tom Hanks. Um, and then the loser though that year was uh, the Shawshank Redemption, with Ooh. obviously Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, and that that movie currently is uh, IMDb's choice for the best movie of all time. Yeah. So I don't know, Still Lyndon. What, what do you, what do we think, Lyndon? It's hard to it's hard to pick either one of these. I think. Yes, this one's really tough. Yeah, and it could be the other way around and still be just as high on this list. Yeah. Um, also, to throw it in the mix, the same year, uh, Pulp Fiction was nominated. Right. Right. Which yeah. again right. is a lot makes a lot of people's top five lists. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when I was saying before the the movies that fade away after being nominated or winning. But um, in 1993, Schindler's List won. In 94, you had Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump. In 95, oh, and also Pulp Fiction, as Lyndon brought up. And then 95 was Braveheart. So really like four or five movies there in three years that are considered, I don't know, top 15, top 20 of all time. Yeah. So it was a good stretch there for sure. Sorry, so you don't meet anyone who doesn't like the Shawshank Redemption, though. Everybody thinks it's amazing. Yeah. And 
Forrest Gump can send people both ways. I think it's a great film, but it can send people both ways. But I think that says something for Shawshank that I've right. never met anyone who doesn't dislike that film. I think I'm I'm with you there because I saw Forrest Gump. I mean, when I was younger, and then more recently. And doesn't hold uh, up as well, does it? No, no. As I watched it, I kind of thought, okay, like it's interesting. It's a pretty epic movie, you know. It bounces around. Like I had no idea how much content it covers, but then at the same time, part of it felt not gimmicky. That would be the wrong word, but part of it just felt like okay, like I wasn't super invested in yeah. in uh, in Forest. Can I call him Forest? Is that Forest? <laughs> yeah, uh, people call him Forest. Forest Gump. <laughs> um, all right so i'll go i'll hop down to number three so the year is 1979 but so the winner was kramer versus kramer uh with dustin hoffman and meryl streep meryl streep still winning <laughs> still winning awards to this day um and the the loser in the snub was apocalypse now uh with martin sheen marlon brando robert duvall and i think in terms of test of time Kramer versus Kramer. Maybe I've heard of it lightly. Would you believe me if I told you it was the guy from Seinfeld staring at himself in a mirror trying to outwit himself the whole time? <laughs> I would think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, if you well, were to tell me there's a movie Kramer versus Kramer, I'd be like, yeah, like the guy from Seinfeld. That's exactly what it was. So, Lyndon, <laughs> what do you think about this one? Well, these are. Uh, I, I agree with this one. It, it's definitely a snub. I mean, Apocalypse Now is maybe the best war movie ever made. It, it's it's amazing. And one of the few films where the extended version is actually better. Yeah. Uh, so number two, the year is 1990. The winner was uh, Kevin Costner's epic Dances with Wolves. And the snub is listed as Martin Scorsese again with Goodfellas. And I'm not sure it's a snub, personally. I think Dances with Wolves is... Uh, I haven't watched it in years. It, it's one of these films that pop up on the TV over Christmas. Uh, I saw it in the background, made sure I had it record and sat down and watched it properly. And it really is an epic film. And I really enjoyed it much more than I remember when I was younger. And uh, uh, it, it looks amazing as well. Uh, but it's not that Goodfellas isn't a good film. It is a great film, but it just feels like right. another gangster film. Whereas Dance of the Balls had maybe something yeah. a bit more unique about it. What do you guys reckon? I love that answer. Uh, I mean, I, I'll just... The other thing that I I struggle with with Goodfellas, and Chet, I don't know if you can anticipate where I'm going with this, but I struggle with it. I know it's different, but I struggle with it as being a play off of The Godfather. Yeah. Like, to me, it almost felt like a rip... Not a rip-off, but I, I just remember it and feeling like, oh, like Goodfellas, like, you know, another version of The Godfather. I don't know. As I'm sitting here listening to you guys, it doesn't surprise me that Goodfellas has kind of maintained more of a, a presence in the sense that it seems like a more marketable film. And like, you know, I, I think to your point, Rodney, when you have a, a, a certain genre that gets um, becomes instantly popular, like the, the gangster epic, the, yeah. the time, all of a sudden, yeah, it's not surprising that, that there are other movies made around that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really anytime that you start to see that, like even superhero movies, they were not nearly yeah. as big as they were. Right. Um, it's certainly more quotable. Goodfellas. <laughs> Just, yeah. right, isn't that, you talking to me? That's that one. That's every gangster movie ever. You talking to me? <laughs> so, Go ahead, Lyndon. I was just saying, I think that's maybe why Goodfellas has lost some of its shine as well, because there's been so many gangster films. Yeah. And mm. you're looking back at the time, you're like, oh, even though Goodfellas is probably one of the first ones, you're looking at it from a lens of, oh, I've seen this so many times yeah, right, before. Right. Yeah, right. Sense. So the number one, according to We Got This Covered. <laughs> now, I have to, no, 
do I preface now? Do I preface now? Or do I, okay, I'm just going to say it, but I need to ask Rodney that you give me a second to to to, to say it. To, uh, the, no, okay. not just to say it, but to to kind of set parameters to the conversation. But the year was 1941, and well. yeah, as we so all do, um, yeah. the winner was World War Two, right on the horizon. <laughs> oh my god! The winner was How Green Was My Valley. Uh, now, you remember that one, right? This is a classic. Rule, rule number two is that this is a family show, so I'm not going to make the joke that I want to make. Um, but the loser uh, that year was none other than Rodney's favorite, Citizen Kane. Hold on. Can I please say one thing? Um, Rodney, Rodney's known, as Lyndon has coined the phrase, Rodney Rance. I think maybe the original was about... And it's come up in conversation with a few different guests now that I think about it. But the idea that someone in their 20s would would think back to a movie made in the 20s, 30s, or 40s <laughs> and call it their favorite movie. Rodney's take on it, and I think I ultimately agree. So, so I'm this, saying yeah, this, I'm, this was the I'm, original rant. I'm saying this yeah, now so was. that he doesn't have to go into it. I agree yeah. that for someone to say that seems skeptical at best and most likely pretentious. But that is not what this conversation's That's about. That's not what this is. That's not why this one's on the list. Correct. This one's on the list, not someone saying it's their favorite ever. Certainly not a 25-year-old. Agree. Unless it's Negroni somewhere, but we already know his opinion on this. <laughs> um, it's just saying that this was the biggest Oscar snub of all time. Correct. Um, where the winner was How Green Was My Valley, which, gosh, I don't know what, but then the loser being Citizen Kane, Orson Welles, directed also by Orson Welles, and I'll let you guys comment on it from there. Maybe just Lyndon. So you guys have both seen How Green Was My Valley, yeah? I, gosh, you know, I, it's a, <laughs> I, I couldn't even, it. if I, could, I did, it was I, accidental. I, I couldn't even <laughs> pretend to, to think or guess what it would be about. Is that Isn't a silent that like film? A, a prairie, uh, maybe. I don't know. So in, in prep for the episode, I went to the trusty source Wikipedia to read a plot synopsis. Uh, well, it's, it's something about a mining village and generations through some mine strikes. And then I stopped reading and clicked onto something else. <laughs> Anything uh, else. Yeah. <laughs> and Well, have you guys seen Citizen Kane? Yes. Well, it's again, I would put Citizen Kane under, well, obviously it's always in film conversation, but I'd put it under the list of one of these films I appreciate, but I'm not in a rush to watch again. Yeah, certainly not. I think it's like, but, what, 11 hours long too? Yeah. And, um, Again, it's the test of time. I mean, we're making yeah. a joke of it, but none of us have heard of How Green Was My Valley. Exactly. But we've all heard of Citizen Kane. Uh, exactly. That that says a lot, I think. Yep. I think that's a good metric to work with, too. So we're going to move on to the the second oh, portion right, of this. Oh, just right off. I, no, no opportunity. It's well, you fine. Weren't, you weren't speaking, so how was I supposed to know I was cutting no, you off? No, you've got to let him have a mini run. We're sharing, we're like sharing a microphone. He essentially elbowed me in the ribs and, and got in front of it. I, all I would say is I completely agree. This is not the case where I, I have an issue with Citizen Kane. This, in this particular case, in this application is a hundred percent appropriate. Thank you. I want to keep that. That's a good, that's a good thing to keep in the episode. We'll cut out how I interrupted you. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the second part of this episode, we're going to talk here about what one from those 10 stands out to us as the most egregious? And also, if we have an addition to the list we would like to to make. So we'll start with you, Lyndon. Right away, what's the one that stands out to you the most from that list? I'm still looking at the list now and trying to decide. Uh, okay. I couldn't decide on this earlier. And I think well, uh, Shawshank and Forrest Gump is a, is a tough call-up. But I think I'm going to go with Raging Bull. Yeah. Okay, uh, so... 
So number, like it. number five yeah. uh, is, is your number one. Okay. Yeah. I like it. That's a good one. Chet, go ahead and say yours because I'll, I'll insult it no matter what. Um, <laughs> well, using the metric that we've already uh, that we've already gone to, which is kind of the test of time, um, I'm going to say ET the being the biggest snub on the list um, because again, using my analogy of sort of a timeline of cinema, the history of cinema, I think that ET gets its own flag too, and I don't I don't know. That as well, you know, Gandhi is a is an epic. I understand that people love that movie, Ben Kingsley. Um, but ET like was a Spielberg kind of put even like solidified Spielberg in yeah. the industry. It it became literally the 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 kid riding with ET past the moon became the symbol for Spielberg's yeah, right. production company. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't want to go on and on, but my, the metric I'm using is test of time. Yeah. This movie became more and more beloved as time went on, and. Uh, Gandhi remained great. E.T. has become legendary. Yeah, and let me let me finish up by pulling the upset of all upsets because my favorite pick, believe it or not, I cannot believe based what is on about the city happen based on the <laughs> the amount of time is Citizen Kane. So, like Whoa. I said, I am not unreasonable. I'm not unreasonable. It when appropriate, Citizen Kane can be the right choice. But if you're 20, do not tell me it's your favorite movie. But in terms of snubs, I completely agree that there's no way How Green Was My Valley was good enough or green enough to win that. Wow. I Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm so at a loss for words that I'm going to turn it back to Lyndon and ask, what's one movie that you would like to add to the list? In 98, uh, Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know about lo- that. Yeah, a lot of people quote uh, 2005 saying Crash beat Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and an underrated Spielberg film, Munich, mm. uh, which is the ones I toyed with. But I've actually gone for 2010. And what I would add to the list, so the winner that year was King's Speech. Yeah. But I'm putting the snub as Toy Story 3. Yes. Oh, right. I like that. Uh, no, I challenge but, you to but find. Wait, but wait a second, because I think that does isn't there a category for animated movies? Uh, uh, there I, is, but it's, yeah. it's not as revered as Best Picture, is it? Got it. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. And, and like, there's only three films that have ever been nominated, three animated films that have ever been nominated for Best Picture, and I think this is the one that should have won it. I think you look at Return of the King, that was kind of awarded as a trilogy, and right. given all the awards, so I think it was probably the weakest out of the three Lord of the Rings. Yep. And I, I challenge anyone uh, to say, find a, a more perfect trilogy than the Toy Story films. Oh and, my goodness, I couldn't agree more. It's a fair point. And King's Speech, uh, it's a great film. Again, it's one of those Oscar films. I really enjoyed it. Hollywood loves British royalty yeah. films. They Good always deal. bring home the prizes. But I just think that was the year an animated film should have won. And it would have been like awarding the trilogy because I think that's a perfect trilogy. Um, Rodney, you go next. Oh, excellent. So... Um, I love that one. I love that one. But I, I think there's a worse one. In 2015, the winner that year was Birdman. And uh, did I pick it this year to go on a little mini rent? Maybe. Um, Birdman, great movie. Saw it in theaters. Did I think it was that amazing? Not really. But a movie with absolutely zero nominations was Gone Girl. And that, to me, was a travesty. And so... I think Birdman was one of those movies that 
whether it's just that they wanted to kind of pat themselves on the back about how hard it is to to be an actor or to be a writer or or to be going through that whole process to me i feel like they missed in a really obvious one with gone girl at least being nominated no i i I totally agree with you i'm not a big fan of birdman either i think it's a really overrated film i think it's so overrated actually irritated me that film at the cinema yep I agree. And especially I, the the jazz drum in the background. I wanted to punch that drummer. The just j- kept on going. <laughs> just kept on going. You know what I didn't like either is the ending. I feel like they tried to yeah. do this really dramatic, artistic ending. But to me, I'm still like, all right, like what is this for a film? Is this for a film class or something? And we're supposed to debate what actually happened when he jumped out the window? Did he actually grow wings? Is it like is it? I I I have no I had no use for the ending either. I thought I thought it was a little bit overly artistic and i would have been perfectly fine if that was the movie that did not get any nominations but got yeah. some critical some critical acclaim i would have been fine with that so for linden it was toy story 3 for rodney gone girl um for me i don't have one movie i'm going to choose for the positive i'm actually going to identify one for the negative uh linden you mentioned it earlier the hurt locker um that movie when it won i was so like I, I hadn't seen it yet, so as soon as it won, I thought, okay, that's the next movie I'm going to watch. I watched it and kept waiting for it to get good. I understand that it was a political commentary. I understand there was a lot going on at that time, and maybe based on the relevance of what was going on that it, it stood out. But, oh, my gosh, I can find literally – I found four movies, and I spent 10 seconds looking, four movies that came out that year that I think were better. The Wrestler – this is 2008, by the way. The Wrestler, The Dark Knight, Slumdog Millionaire – and the curious case of Benjamin Button, all four of those I would have said, yep, that all of them were significantly not even close, significantly better than than the Hurt Locker. Who, if we're talking about the test of time, no one talks about the Hurt Locker anymore. Right. Everyone has seen the Dark Knight. It shaped, it reshaped how we view uh, superhero movies. Heath Ledger's Joker is one of the best performances of all time. And Slumdog Millionaire and Benjamin Button, I think, were both really good. And, and The Wrestler is one of the greatest independent movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So you're talking The Hurt Locker, which has faded away, got got best film that year. And to me, it probably wasn't even 10th. Yeah. Sometimes they just overthink it. Uh, I, yeah. I could, yeah you know? When you said uh, Dark Knight, I, I audibly gasped. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it was that year. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. Hurt Locker winning over that is mental. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't believe that. I think... The only good thing about The Hurt Locker was it, the, Catherine Bigelow, didn't she, won the Best Director Oscar. And she's still the only female director to win it. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because that was, at the time, she was the only. But that doesn't. At the time or so. To, but to that me, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't earn you anything. Like, to me, that's not even, if I was a female director, I'm fine with being the first, but I'd want, I wouldn't want it cheapened. I'd want yeah. to be the best that year, and I'm not sure it really was, and I think everyone knew it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the only thing that's going to keep the Hurt Locker in conversation was the female director, because every film you mentioned is miles above the Hurt Locker, in my opinion. Right, right. But I think you could still give, you could still award her without awarding the movie Best Picture, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So now as we switch to sort of the final segment of this episode, we're going to take a peek at the nominees for Best Picture in the upcoming uh, Academy Awards. And uh, we will also end the episode by doing some Oscar-themed quiz questions for one another. So um, I think what we're going to first do is, um, Lyndon, do you mind reading off the list of movies that are nominated this year for Best Picture if you have them in front of you? Yes. So the Best Picture nominees are Arrival, Arrival, directed by Villeneuve, starring Amy Adams, 
uh, Fences, directed by Denzel Washington, Hacksaw Ridge, with a return into the fold for Mel Gibson as director. Yeah, he's back in. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'd say the unlikely nomination, but great to see Hello High Water. Yeah, with uh, Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine. Uh, the ensemble Hidden Figures, the runaway favourite La La Land, which you've spoken about a lot. Uh, Lion, where Death Patel and Nicole Kidman. Manchester by the Sea, directed by Kenneth Lonergan with Casey Affleck and Barry Jenkins' Moonlight. Mm. Now, how many list. of these movies collectively have we seen? How many have you seen here? You want to list off the ones, Lyndon, that you've watched? So I've seen Arrival, uh, I've seen Hacksaw Ridge, I've seen Hello High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea. I was meant to watch Moonlight last night in preparation for the this podcast, but <laughs> I sh- this Oscar season, there's just so many dr- worthy, dramatic yeah, films. So I just wasn't in the headspace to watch it. The yeah, one no. moved. Yeah. Well, those are, that covers the ones that I believe we've seen as well. Um, so I, I, that's okay. And I think that <laughs> that's, that's probably a normal experience for people I, is I think part of, part of the Oscars that makes it fun is adding movies to your watch list after yeah, seeing yeah, what yeah. gets, what gets attention, what doesn't. Um, can I just say one thing though, guys, I'm surprised by arrival. Um, that it's on the list. Yeah. So I, I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, me too. I don't know though. I don't know. No, hear me out though. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't know how linear the connection is between the golden globes and the Oscars. Um, but the rest of these, um, got a lot of attention at the Golden Globes. La La Land cleaned up and all of the other ones were constantly being talked about throughout the night. Arrival was, was the best of my recollection left off the list in terms of any, any conversation about it. So to see it appear here on this list, I'm happy. I think it deserves the nod. I don't necessarily think it deserves the win. Um, I truly loved it. And I was just, it's just curious to me that, uh, you know, it, it, wasn't in my opinion getting as much attention as deserved and then suddenly it appears on on this on this list of nominees so yeah. i was surprised to see it all right so gentlemen so what we're gonna do first is we're gonna have rodney uh share with us the his favorite movie from the list and then we'll go to Lyndon and then myself so rodney what what are you what are you hoping for um to see when yep so i'm going to give you what my favorite was based on what i've seen um but first, I'm going to say, I have a sneaking suspicion, had I seen the movie Fences, based on the content, based on what it was about, and based on what I, uh, based on who's in it, that that would be my pick, that would be my pick. So I have not yet seen it. I've been wanting to see it. I think it's been a little bit, like, I'm not sure why I haven't got myself to see it yet. I have a sneaking suspicion that that will overtake what my actual pick is right now, which is La La Land. I, um, I went in not fully expecting to really be taken with it like that. I was, I I went in expecting to struggle with the concept of a modern day musical, um, but left really, really charmed by the movie and, you know, just really impacted by it. Really think that the fact that it's a modern day musical done so well, uh, that it deserves best picture. Lyndon, what about you? Um, well, you kind of answered a question I was going to ask there as well. I was going to say, what's the the film you haven't seen that you really want to see left on the list? And mine is also Fences. I really yeah. want to see that. Oh, it looks so I'm a, good. I'm a big fan of Denzel Washington. Um, I think Denzel Washington does a lot of uh, average films that he kind of elevates just by being in them. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. 
Yes, I saw what is, I saw the Equalizer recently, which is a very average film, but it's great because Denzel. But it's in great. It. It's great. <laughs> I watch it and it's great. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Anyway, sorry, off topic. Um, so, I, uh, out of the films I've seen, I think La La Land will definitely win. But I, I think I'll put a special mention for Hello High Water. I think it's nice to see a film on the best picture list that wasn't released during the Oscar period. So it's nice to see that film being recognised. It's um, written by Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote uh, Sicario, which was, yeah. I think, a great film as well. It was. So it's, it's never going to win, but I think it deserves a special mention, and I, I think that'll probably be my pick. Yeah, I you know I, I did like that movie. I saw it last night. I liked it a lot. It actually made me consider if I want to change my my answer to this, but. I don't want to get too cute. I want to go straight forward. It's, uh, it's La La Land. I, yeah. uh, sometimes the obvious answer is the right one. And I think that what it accomplished was, was really difficult to do. Um, taking, we talked at, at, at length about this before, so I don't want to go over it necessarily all, all the way again, but just bringing to 2016, 2017, a lost way of making films. I felt like the way that it was, um, the way that it was executed and the cast, how Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling were on screen with each other, I felt like it, it evoked the emotions. It evoked everything about cinema that I love. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not afraid to say it. I know as, as cheesy as that sounds, that the movie reminded me why I love movies so much. And it reminded me of growing up watching you know, old, old films with my family and, and kind of probably started my, my extreme interest in films from an early age. So that's to me, I, I have no problem saying... You know, we can argue, we can talk if it's an 8, a 9, a 10, a 7, if it's overrated, whatever. I think it was incredible. I thought what they pulled off was incredible. Maybe we wouldn't have thought that in 1960, but it's 2016 and they did it. And it already won Best Picture for the, at the Golden Globes, and uh, I imagine it's going to take it uh, for the Oscars as well. Yeah. That's a, a great that's a great description of La La Land. And I was flipping between and you make me want to change my choice back to La La Land. Uh, <laughs> it is a, I was only listening to the soundtrack again today and, and the soundtrack reminds you, you can see the film from the soundtrack. The soundtrack yeah. is great. Yep. And it, it is a great film. And, and I don't think if we'd put a snub list together in a, like 10 years, I don't think this would ever feature on it. You don't think, you don't think in 10 years, hell or high water that no. somebody would be like, uh, that's what should have won. La La Land should uh, only some fool like me. But, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lyndon, what's a movie from this this year that was not nominated that you believe should have been at least? Uh, I'm going to give you two, if that's all right. It's a bit cheeky. Um, I'm going to give you a uh, Monster Calls. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's nope. uh, based on a book by Patrick Ness, and it's about how uh, a young teenage boy deals with his. Mum having terminal cancer, and then you have the perfectly cast Liam Neeson as the voice of the monster. Oh, uh, now I know. I, okay, now yeah. I know what that movie is. Yeah, I didn't see yeah. it, but it's on my list. Now, do you no, think right. that that do you think that that would deserve to win when you picked your favorite off the list I, of nominees? I, I don't think it should win above La La Land. I think it deserves a nomination. No. I think it. Um, it's so the monster comes and tells some stories and they make the story, the animation in it is beautiful as well for the stories. They make it look like watercolors and the, the last half an hour is just emotionally heart wrenching and the monster and everything looks beautiful. Uh, I, I just think it was a great film. That's the first film I've cried at in quite a long time. Ooh. So I, yeah, I'm just really got of, me in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm looking, I was just looking through the, um, 
through some of the screenshots of it just as I was on the IMDb page and I could see it. I can already start to feel that like that welling up a little bit. Yikes, just from the screenshots? Yeah, you know, you know, just when you can see kind you of the, the characters. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can see I can see based on I think maybe Lyndon was doing such a good job that I was getting the feels already. It's that accent, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that, so charming. The accent could make anything feel that way, I'm telling you. You can just he could have just done a breakdown of uh, what was the movie you liked with Britney Spears, the the road Crossroads. trip one. Yeah, he could have done a, a breakdown of Crossroads. Oh, why did you too. talk about that? I, I, I saw that at the cinema when I was a teenager. Did you really? So, yeah. yeah, it's a terrible, yeah. terrible film. Oh, it's a terrible film. At the time when I watched it, I was very much into Britney Spears. I just thought, you know, hey, great, you know, I'll watch this for an hour and a half, no problem. So I'll just keep her on the screen. That's fine. I think we're we're the only people to have talked about that movie in the last ten years. We've done it twice in the last twice, month. Yeah. yeah, maybe we can get Britney Spears as an inter. Actually, I don't, I'm, no, I'm heck fine. no, heck that no, would... heck no. Rodney, what is your um, contribution to this list? What do you think should have been this that was year? not nominated this year? I mean, this year the movie that I found extremely charming uh, was The Edge of Seventeen. Um, but in, you know, in addition to it being charming, I thought. Um, it had a great story with really, really memorable characters. I think uh, I won't forget Woody Harrelson's uh, portrayal of uh, a, a high school teacher in many, many, many years. Yeah, definitely have to see that one. Highly recommend it. Um, so for me, guys, uh, the the movie that that I would have wanted to be nominated got nominated in a different category altogether, um, which was nominees for best animated film. Uh, which is it was a good year for animated films. Uh, Zootopia was there, but Kubo and the Two Strings was one of my favorite movies this year. Um, so because it got nominated for that category, I'm gonna I'm gonna I guess have to choose something else for the purposes of our discussion. And the the one movie that I liked a lot and I expected to hate, um, and I don't think it got enough attention was The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. I thought it was hilarious, and I hope that they continue to make more movies uh, with those guys doing that doing, doing those roles. Yeah, have you, have you have you seen Linda? Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it was on my um, it was on my list of top uh, ten films of underappreciated of twenty sixteen. Just yeah. not enough people saw it, and it was such it's, a fun film. It's such a good, it's such a good movie. Um, I loved it. I would say that the scene where um, Gosling falls down the hill and looks over and he sees the dead body <laughs> might might be my favorite scene from any movie this year. He, he, they both did such a great job in that movie. Um, it, it's so, it's so well done. Like I, I, there's, that was a movie that was just pure entertainment to me. I don't yeah. think the story hit home all that well, like for it to be like a best picture for me, but yeah, I mean, the, going off what Lynn said, yeah. I agree. I don't think it could, I don't think it would beat La La Land, but, but so enjoyable though. Yeah. There's something about loving a movie and seeing it get the nod. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so I wish yeah, it yeah. had. Yep. Yeah. Right, I, well. I, I just want to make an honorable mention as well for, I don't know if you guys have seen a film called Hunt for the Wilder People. Wait, no, what? I, Wait a minute. I, no. I think we just saw something for this the other day. What is that, Lyndon? So it's um, it's directed by Taika Waititi. I heard is, about this. I which just... is basically a live version of Up. Of Up. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I heard it being described. And it's, it's set in New Zealand. It's about this foster kid. And he ends up getting lost in the bush with the Sam Neill, who's a grumpy old man. And it's got a really good sense of humor. It's got his heart in the right place. It's got some nice Lord of the Rings kind of nods in its landscape kind of in a funny way uh and it's just a really nice film um i don't know if you guys know uh the big film magazine over here empire magazine they had it listed as their top film of the year and i i I think it's a good shout it's a really good film and um yeah definitely worth a watch it'll be a good one to review because it's it's out on netflix over here so i don't know if you guys have got it 
but it's worth a watch. Very cool. All right, gentlemen, um, we are going to close out the episode in a pretty unique way. This was Lyndon's idea, and I think it's awesome. I'm so uh, nervous about it's, it. It's, you know, <laughs> so oftentimes when we have guests, we do the rapid-fire questions. This is sort of a roundtable quiz question format where, um, Lyndon, I'm going to have you go first since it was your idea, but one one of us is going to ask the other two an Oscar-related sort of quiz trivia question um, that uh, hopefully, you know, Maybe won't be too difficult. I think mine is so obscure. I, I almost feel bad asking. But Linda, why don't you bad, why don't you start for us? Okay, so I'm gonna give you two directors, two people list as uh, uh, two of the best directors ever. So Stanley Kubrick and Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. And between the two of them, how many best director Oscars did they win? Okay, combined. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, so we're getting into the weeds, but I'm also stalling. The thing is that when Hitchcock was making movies, there weren't a ton of other movies being made at the same time every year. So don't overthink it. I think Mr. it increases the chance. Um, I'm so gonna say. Wait, wait. So you're gonna pick a number, and then I'm gonna pick a number. Do we say it at the same time? You say it first, because I'm gonna stick to my guns. I already know what I'm gonna say, and I'm embarrassed to say it. But you go first. So we're just gonna do whoever is the closest. <laughs> Lyndon hates us right yeah. now. You go. Oh, first. this is brilliant. Yeah. Wait, so whoever's the closest, Okay, right? sure, yeah, whoever's sure. The closest. not like Price is Right rules, not no nonsense about... No, I think we should have to say it at the same time, because I don't trust you, and I think you're going to like pick one over my number. And I'm, I'm going to say mine first, uh, <laughs> because Rodney's the far more trustworthy one, apparently. So uh, I'm going to say two, and, I'm, and okay. I feel like the way, the way you asked the question led me to think it's single digits. I am going to say five. So Chet is the winner, because the oh, answer my. is actually... Zero. Oh, oh it's a it. trick question. Premature. I don't believe in trick questions. <laughs> Premature celebration over here. I'm on the couch flexing. I, that was yeah. That, so, that was hideous. Like like you actually won something. But they both. Uh, Kubrick had four nominations. Hitchcock had five. Neither of them ever won. Wow. Which just shows how ridiculous the Oscars can be. Yeah. <laughs> this. And the woman who directed The Hurt Locker got (laughs) one. Are you kidding me? The soundtrack to Slumdog Millionaire that year was better than The Hurt Locker. I'm so mad (laughs) about this. I'm Rodney ranting. Rodney, what's next? All right. So the question that I have, and so I'm going to focus on the number as well, because otherwise I think the question would be far too obscure. But what singular movie uh, or movies, because there were two of them, um, had the most nominations that did not win. So you don't need to know the movies. I'll tell you what those are right now. It's the color purple and the turning and, point. And the it turning was my point. question too. <laughs> All right, check get out of my brain. Listen, well, I'm well, glad I, I went first. I, I had a backup because I felt like the laziness that like the like it was a last question that I got put together in preparation. And I realized Rodney probably did this too, and he probably looked at the same exact results. So. Wait, that, that's not lazy. I thought that was pretty interesting. Lyndon, you have to answer because I already know the answer. How many how many nominations did they each receive and not win? How many and, nominations? Yeah, and maybe for, for perspective, I think like basically the most number of nominations that probably any movie could really have, I think as I've like I was like looking through to at least have this number, is probably like sixteen. Like I think sixteen like possible things that you could actually be nominated for. And I think the record for even just nominations is about fourteen. Uh I'm gonna go with eleven. Oh my gosh. You know what? You deserve I think Chet and I'm trying to get the game I think 
I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened at the end there. But yeah, you're a reckless soundboarder. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Lyndon, you're correct. They no, both were nominated Lyndon, for eleven. You awards. deserve this podcast. We don't. <laughs> and and one zero of them. Yeah, we are yeah. outmatched. So. Yeah. But uh, Chad, what do does it mean that we, I can think of one? Okay, what Rodney? Because I know Lyndon will know the answer to this. What movie has won? And actually, you should know this too because I just told you this last week. What movie has the record for most wins in one in one Oscar? The Titanic. Negative. It is. Oh no! Well, the Return of the King, but they both had the same number, right? It was eleven. It was eleven wins. I think Return of the King was the first one to ever win eleven. I think the Titanic won eleven. I think the Tit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is this is really Great good. Well, I, did, I didn't. This isn't this isn't a planned question. This is a backup question. Um, well, uh, Lyndon, yes. we we loved having you, man. And we do have a couple things we're going to ask you before we close out here, but we want to express our thanks that uh, taking the time and more than any guests we've had so far to go out of your way. What is it? Two in the morning right now for you? Uh, it's mega 20 plus one now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just, to, just to be able to, to do that was, uh, was awesome. And you've expressed interest a while back and you were uh, through this week. We had a really crazy week with, with some of the stuff we were doing for the show and you persisted and you were uh, the, the anchor for us this for week sure. is get, getting this episode prepared. And Not awesome. only just the most prepared, the most knowledgeable, really the, the smartest most of the charming. Three. It's, it's frustrating Chet, oh, that he's it. not the one doing this and, <laughs> and we are, you know? So we're going to ask you two things as we close out here. We want to yeah. give you the opportunity here right now. Um, to to again speak just briefly on the site and talk about any upcoming things you have for it. And then we'll close out with asking you the question, the age-old question, what would you do with an extra 115 hours? I imagine your answer might be sleep because you have an eight-week-old. But <laughs> what, So let's get, tell me what's coming up for the site. What's going on with you guys? So the site, we've got a lot of uh, Oscar, obviously Oscar articles and news coming up. Our uh, news uh, editor, Rory Fish, has just released an article about a formula that delivers an Oscar. Uh, that's like we've got a top ten list about Oscar winning, Oscar winning directors that should have won earlier. Uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff coming up. You can check out uh, some of my stuff I've written. I said I've got my La La Land uh, review up there, uh, but it's not just reviews. I've written about my experience of taking my uh, my daughter, my toddler, to the cinema for the first time last year. So she um, first thing we went to see at the cinema was Finding Dory. Oh. Uh, which was great. We did that have just a hit bit. Netflix. It hit, that hit yeah. Netflix this week. Yeah, that's it. I think it, it's, it's not Pixar's best, but it was great. Uh, we did have a little poo accident halfway through the film, which is always very exciting. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> like how that got the biggest laugh out of me. I'm a child. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, taking her to the cinema was great. Just I spent more of the film watching her than... Uh, watching the film because she's fascinated by it. That's uh, so cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's it's funny. So as as you you being a father of, of young kids, we're going to do an episode soon here, collaborating with another podcast, and the topic is going to be adult humor in kids films. So I'm excited to hear your opinion on that when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. So Lyndon, so what's the deal? So if you had 115 extra hours this year, what are you doing? I am. Um, like you said, I'm definitely sleeping a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I'm working a little bit less, and I'm just going to the cinema more often. Uh, yeah. cin- with young kids and working shift work, getting to the cinema is like a military operation. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll like definitely it. be doing that more often. Yeah. I like it. So where can people find you on social media? So uh, you can find me on my Twitter's uh, at Elwell's Film. Uh, 
find me on uh, top10films.co.uk and they've got our own uh, at top10films on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, that's the best way. Awesome. Great. Well, again, uh, from Rodney and I, we just want to thank you, Lyndon, so much for, for joining the episode. And gosh, love to do it again sometime soon. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you can uh, find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys, and you will see uh, up to the minutes. Honestly, I commit to that. Up to the minute updates when when new things are coming out. Um, believe it or not, that's actually something I do. So um, we are excited about where things are going, and, and thank you again to Lyndon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. See ya. Yeah.